What up, what up? Welcome to Tuesdays with Nick and Cole. It is Tuesday, February 11th. Got that Laura Sports Rundown for you again, going into our weekly wing review, Coach's Corner, adding a little segment here called Take Back Tuesday, going into Go to the Week, questions from the fans, and then finishing off with that touch That sports rundown, our men's volleyball team won both their games this weekend over St. Norbert and Lakeland University. Women's basketball dominated Co. Men's basketball won a nail-biter 76-75. Our men's wrestling blanked UD, who's 24 in the country, 46-0. They wrestle Warburg number one on Friday. And then our team, our spotlight team of the week, track shines at North Central Meet. Both the men's and women's 4 by 400 meter set nation's top times this weekend. That women's 4 by 400 team is led by Elena Ball, Gabby Nolan, Alexis Alt, and Stevie Lamb. The men's 4 by 400 team, Tyson Morrison, Mike Jossa, Josh Smith, and Patrick Michael. And this week we had three ARC Athlete of the Weeks on the track and field team. Gabby Nolan, Tariana Black, and Patrick Michael. So that uh, track team definitely balled out this weekend. Yeah, that's actually a crazy accomplishment that they were able to post the fastest time in Division Three right now for the season. That's that's crazy. Also, just to touch on that wrestling match, that was my first wrestling match I ever actually went to this year just because we're in the same season. Um, that, was, that was intense. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a lot of people there at the gym. Um, and each match, I didn't really quite know what was going on, but <laughs> I was able to follow it enough, and it was it was a blast. So shout out to wrestling. What's crazy about that match was that that heavyweight match meant absolutely nothing to like the score and everything, and it was probably the loudest it was the whole the entire yeah. Match. Yeah, but dude, yeah. it was like the one match that you went into the match knowing like it was like. Oh yeah. For for how well our team has like <laughs> performed this year at other weights, like that was the one that was like the closest match. Yeah. And it was just but it was just cool to see like overall like how crazy the fans got when it was already like 40 to right. nothing. But right. like both sides were just electric. It was fun. Yeah. Well, that brings us to our wing review and uh you might laugh at this wing review that we did this week, although last week was uh Walmart, <laughs> so this is a little bit Less ridiculous than Taking that. Taking a step but, in the right um, direction, at least. Yeah, I mean, hey, like we said, we got to do everything that's in Dubuque. <coughs> so uh, it comes to this. At this point, we're doing Pizza Hut. Uh, we did the, uh, what were the flavors that we did? We did 12 wings in total. There's uh, the sweet teriyaki. Six teriyaki, and then it, it, it was, was like it a was sweet, like Hawaiian teriyaki. It was a sweet yeah. Hawaiian, no, barbecue. Well, there was honey barbecue, and then there was yeah, uh, it was like Hawaiian a sweet teriyaki. teriyaki yeah. um, you know, and here's the thing. They weren't that bad. They weren't great. But they weren't bad. Yeah, I, I, they were slightly better than, or slightly worse than, like a mediocre wing. If you were to put I mean, your like most mediocre wing out there, well, yeah. a little bit worse. I, I would say fair. they were an average wing, like average, like yeah. average size, average taste. Mm -hmm. a I mean, average like chicken, but I mean like across the board, like you knew what you're getting. I would probably order them again. Like if I was to get Pizza Hut and I wasn't feeling pizza, I'd absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think 
they were just the what really took them just a small step below like average was because they were in that like black container they got mm. a, like a little soggy kind of oh, not yeah. a lot but yeah. just like a little bit so i feel like if you had those fresh they may be a little bit better again just kind of like those walmart ones but again i think yeah slightly below average is a pretty good definition yeah. of those yeah it's like i was running through it in my head as i was eating it and it was like okay the taste is good it could use a little bit more flavor but it wasn't bad it was like it was a little bit hard to tear off the bone but it wasn't like it was like super tough uh it was just like nothing quite was good about it yeah um so that brought my score down um to what did i put uh i'll go through them uh nick had a 6.4 cole had a 6.5 um trent myself had a 6.1 and o'brien nugent had a 6.4 for an average of 6.35 that puts it at uh under half almost like lower third so probably like 66th which percentile which makes about it makes sense yeah like if you kind of think about it Right above, I think it would be the opposite right of that. It would be like thirty thirds yeah, percentile 30, yeah. is what you mean. Yeah, was well, zero or a hundred percent good. A hundred percent good. Okay, yeah. so yeah, thirty third percentile then. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. I mean, what do you expect <clears throat> from a pizza place? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. Well, yeah, it was I mean, a so- yeah. to be honest, it was a solid wing for a pizza place. Yeah, it, that's true. It, it definitely was. We'll, we'll give them some credit. And, and they're I, relatively new, aren't they? Like yeah, some new I think thing. It, I've seen a ton of commercials for them, so I think they're pretty new. Um, and surprisingly for me, I'm not a huge teriyaki fan, but I actually liked the teriyaki better than the barbecue. It yeah, just me like, too. It was me a too. sweet, like that, it had like a Hawaiian taste, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. All right, so that puts it below uh, B-dubs, though. I think that it was does, one notable yeah. thing. Buffalo Wild Wings was 6.76, and Pizza Hut was 6.35. Makes sense. Yeah. I would think is pretty fair. Seems like, I would probably prefer B-dubs yeah, I would definitely over Pizza Hut B-dubs, wings. Yeah. So, yeah. What B-dubs has is they do have unique flavor. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that puts them in a little <coughs> bit of a separation from, like, the average. I mean, I think we did when we did the actual review, we said it kind of was the definition definition of average. Yeah. But I think looking back on it, it's probably just, like, a point one or two better than average just yeah. because of the flavor. I think the good thing about B-dubs is I would say nine times out of ten, it's exactly what you're expecting. Yeah, it's consistent. Yeah. Straight oh, yeah, up consistency. So. Definitely. Well, again, if you order this, uh, these wings from Pizza Hut, let us know how you think they are, and uh, we'll mention you on air. All right, that brings us to our next segment, and that is Coach's Corner. Uh, Cole, you want to start us out this time? Yeah, sure. So uh, if you have a like metal yardstick or a metal meter stick, uh, that's what we're going to use this week uh, in our drill. So to make sure that, like, to be honest, the most putts, like, where you're going to save a lot is your short putts. Like, if you aren't worried about – one thing I always tell my players is if you're worried about the next one, you're never going to make the first one. So anything that you can do to, like, not have to worry about a three-footer makes those other putts so much easier because you can be a little bit more aggressive and try to make longer putts. So this drill is going to help us make those shorter putts. That way we're confident and we can go out to those courses and make some longer ones. So you're going to take that yardstick or that metal uh, meter stick. Uh, There's actually a little hole at the bottom, uh, at the end of one of them, and you want to try to put it along that uh, meter stick without it falling off each side. If you're able to do that successfully about 25 or 30 times, that's when we know we have that three-footer dialed in. We know we're starting our ball online. 
And it's a good measurement to see if you're actually hitting a straight putt, if you're slicing it, if you're like hooking a putt. It's a real good drill for you to make sure that your first three feet are online. Genius. I need to do this. Uh, and that actually might be something I might buy for my office when it gets warm out and actually do <laughs> in my office because I feel like you could just do that a few times every day and it would make a big difference because uh, for us amateurs over here, I feel like that's just hard to do. Is is like I'll hit a putt and I'll miss it, and then it's like, okay, did I just miss hit the putt or did I misread the putt? Right. It's hard to tell the difference yeah. sometimes. And that's a big th- – it's not necessarily – it's also something you can do with longer putts. So like if you, you want – because if you think about it, if you've got a 20-foot putt, and if you're not getting the first three, if you get the first three feet online, it's just speed, right? right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so make even hitting longer putts with that yardstick or that meter stick is gonna help you, like in your longer putts as well, because then it's not necessarily, it's either alignment, or it's your speed. So, like, if you're able to take out one variable of knowing that you're starting the ball online, why not? All right, so mine this week is going to have to do with your hand entry in freestyle. Um, and one benefit of my office overlooking the pool every day is that I get to see the average Joe swimmer regularly swim laps. And this is a mistake that I see happen all the time. And it's very hard to correct because it's hard to feel. So this is a drill that's going to help you feel this. Um, your hand entry when you're swimming freestyle correctly should be pretty close to full extension of your elbow. What I see happening is your elbow extremely bent and your hand entering the water like next to your head. So picture swimming freestyle and your hand enters the water next to your head and then slides out underneath the water to extension. That's what you don't want. And that's what I see happen all the time. If you were to just think about it like physics wise, what is going to have more resistance, your hand pushing through the water or your hand pushing through the air? So you want to be able to extend your hand through the air longer before it starts to pull in freestyle. You still need to have a little bit of time to feel the water, so that's why you don't want to enter completely straight, although there is a freestyle technique of just going completely straight where some elite swimmers have been able to do that, but that's besides the point. This drill that I'm about to have you do. So again, that's actually funny that you said you were using a yardstick. I'm going to have you use a PVC pipe that I want to be about three feet wide. And you're going to basically do a catch-up drill, which is a very old drill. Um, but you're going to use this PVC pipe with it. So you're going to do one stroke at a time, kicking with this PVC pipe out in front of your head. And as you take the stroke, I want you to think about reaching and touching the PVC pipe before you take your next stroke. So just one stroke at a time. It helps probably to put a snorkel on for this drill so you don't have to worry about breathing. And then this will help you feel the correct entry for your stroke. Follow any of that? Yeah, <laughs> I think I got it. <laughs> um, that makes sense. How does uh, O'Brien Nugent's form look? Um, I, You know what? Actually, I haven't really watched him swim. I've only swam with him a few times, so I haven't really had a good chance. Uh, not bad. Um, but I will say... I will say that, actually, I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> this is one of those that, like, I could, de- like, um, in earlier podcasts, you've talked about uh, kind of when you're when you're working hard. This is definitely one of those that, like, you have to practice this so much that when you're working hard and you're, like, you're 
tired as heck. You have to actually have that perfect form so that way I could see being a lazy like swimmer, my like probably myself, I like, get in the pool and I just try <laughs> to go through the motions. That like I know like that form for that freestyle is not in like the proper spot. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing with swimming. It's like really hard to tell. It's one. It's one thing to feel that you're doing something wrong, and then it's a whole other thing to then fix it. Feeling it is the start of it because a lot of times it's just like you're like you're like I am entering here. It doesn't feel like it, and that's why I usually say um, if it feels wrong, it's probably right because you've been doing it wrong for so long. It's is the it same a, thing with golf. Yeah. Is it yeah. a trend that? Shorter distance swimmers like tend to struggle with technique more than longer distance swimmers. You know what I mean? Like when you're swimming a 50 meter, is that the shortest distance? 50 yard, yeah. 50 yard. Okay, when you're swimming a 50 yard, you're trying to go like as fast as you possibly can, going crazy. Sure. But like longer longer distance, you're obviously trying to save your energy a little bit more. Are you focused more on technique when you're swimming longer distances than? Um, no, I would say no. Two different techniques. Okay. But equally as important. Uh, with sprinting, you're just going to have a little bit more splash to it because it's going to be – your form will be different than when you're trying to swim okay. longer distances. Um, but, no, I would say it's equal, equally as important to focus on it. Right. The only problem is, like, in a short race, like the 50 and the 100, the margin of error is so small. Yeah. You can do one thing wrong, and you can add half a second, which is huge in a 50. Yeah. Um, so you, sometimes it get, when, especially when you get to the elite level, it's like, uh, you have to do everything perfect. Like you need to have the perfect race in order to do the best time, which is mm -hmm. hard to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so again, you know, if you're looking to improve your stroke technique, uh, I would make yourself a three foot long PVC pipe and, uh, give that drill a try. All right. So that does take us to our next, uh, segment, which we're actually adding in, from here on out, because we think it's a good segment, um, Take Back Tuesday. Um, Trent, you want to explain a little bit what this is? Yeah, so uh, Luke Pederosi and I were talking. We came up with the idea of highlighting all of the Loris Athletics Hall of Fame people. Um, and as this is a recurring show, we could just pick somebody new every week. So what we're going to do is pick a Hall of Famer in the last, what, I think the Loris Athletics Hall of Fame has gone back to like the 80s, somewhere in the 80s. So we're going to pick a single Hall of Famer, and then in that, we're going to give a description of their, their uh, accolades, and then we're also going to kind of do a little fun facts from that year about gas prices, stuff like that. So, Cole, who is our Hall of Famer of the week? All right, we got Kathy Coyle. Uh, she was on the women's basketball team, uh, 1981 to 1980. 83. She was inducted into the Loris Hall of Fame in 1995. She's the first women's basketball player to earn a spot in the Loris Athletic Hall of Fame. She's also the first women's basketball player to score 1,000 points. At the time of graduation, she held the school record or career points of 1,102 and career rebounds of 513 in spite of only playing two and a half seasons with the team. That's wow. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. So at this time, uh, the women's basketball team was actually a part of the NAIA, uh, which she won 15. So this award, uh, not many were able to accomplish. Throughout the season, she won Player of the Week 15 times, and she did that in all three of the seasons, or the two and a half seasons she Holy was able job. to play in. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> um, in her single season records, uh, she averaged 22 points, 
528 that year in the 1981-82 to season. She uh, helped the Dewhawks to their best ever record and only recording the only win against a Division One program at the time where they beat Loyola University. Wow. What was their record at the time? Does uh, it say? At that time, it was 18-6. and six. Wow. Dang. Okay. I wonder, we should talk to Heinz. I wonder how many, I guess I could probably look up the stats, how many 1,000-point scorers are on the women's side? I mean, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Because I know uh, Marissa Schrader just passed the 1,000 mark. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Last yeah. week sometime. Yeah. We had um, it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, which is just crazy. And I mean, Marissa's only a junior, and it's just, and right. so was uh, Coyle. She was, uh, yeah, she, did halfway she transfer through. in, did you say? No. So th- she only did two and a half because it was, she got injured that ended her career. Jeez. Mm. And just it's great. How well, could she like how well, right. much her stats could have been? Yeah, even well, better. <laughs> right, and that, and it's like it's unfortunate to think about, but it's something like Bo Jackson. Like in 1995, what was the injury that may have been able she could have been oh, yeah. played that like oh, yeah. modern right. technology like care? Dang. All right. So fun facts about 1995. Gas prices was a dollar fifteen a gallon. <laughs> The top song, which we're going to give a little uh, play of after I say it, Gangsta's Paradise by Coolio. And then um, we got the population. Do you guys have any guesses the world about population? the population? World population in 1995. I mean, uh, no, I have no idea. <laughs> So the population in 1990, well, today's population is 7.8 billion. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Then in 1995, it was 5.714 billion people. So how, Whoa, that dang. was like, what, 25 years ago? And 25 oh, wow. years. Yeah, I did. So <laughs> that dang. is insane. Dang, I'm from, turning 25. <laughs> Hold on. And <laughs> also, special fact, Cole and I were oh, born yeah. in 1995. <laughs> uh, okay, so the world population was, what, 5 now it's at 7.8 so we've grown um, over 2 billion in In 25 years years. how much is what's 2 okay that's 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 25% (laughs) basically I mean yeah we've almost grown 25% in 25 years I don't that is absurd yeah because 2 out of 8 I'm rounding up yeah yeah but that's crazy yeah that's impressive also, another some fun facts. We got uh, a list of inventions that were made in 1995. Uh, the graphing calculator, the Ma- the Macintosh Performa 6200. Oh man! Um, we have the Sega. <laughs> that oh, didn't great. Age well. I, I like Sega. <laughs> yeah, where's it at now? Yeah, yeah true. Um, the zip drive, and well, two more. The Sony Handycam, which is a, just a giant <laughs> handycam. Oh camcorder. yeah, that thing was <laughs> so many home videos with that thing. And then I think oh DVDs, wow, I a did USB, not know, I did not, DVDs and USB. We're what a year! What, for wasn't the PlayStation also? And the Sony PlayStation. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. What a year! Things were happening. Vibe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a great year to be born. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All so right. next week, if you have any suggestions for Hall of Famers, you can shoot us a, oh, a yeah. DM. 
All right, that brings us to our Goat of the Week, and this week we are doing best NBA player to not win a ring slash title. Um, all right, who's starting us out I here? I can lead us off. I'm going with Carl Mailman Malone. So uh, he basically did everything but win a championship in his time. Um, he is a Hall of Famer. He's a two-time NBA, or NBA MVP. Uh, he was a stat stuffer. Uh, through two full decades of playing, he currently ranks second all-time in points scored, sixth all-time in total rebounds, 10th all-time in steals, 48th in assists, and 58th in blocks. He is one of only three NBA players in history to have at least two to have at least 20,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 5,000 assists. Wait, how, okay, wait, what were the last two stats there? Um, so he's one of How only points? he's a, have one of only three players that have at least twenty thousand points, ten thousand rebounds, and five thousand assists. Wow. Okay, that's Jeez. pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. The only other players to do that are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Kevin Garnett, both who have won championships. Mm. Okay, it's impressive. All right, that's a pretty good one. I am gonna go with Tracy McGrady, and I think that. Everybody who's listening knows who that is. If you don't, <laughs> um, he is one of the best, if not the best, in my opinion, um, player in NBA history to not win a ring. It's crazy to think. I had to double check that he didn't win a ring because <laughs> he's been on so many teams and they all were pretty, most of them were pretty successful. Um, towards his latter years, he wasn't as great, but as you can imagine, he was playing, he played in the league for 16 years. It might have been 17 seasons. Career stats 18,000 points. 5,000 rebounds, 4,000 assists, seven-time NBA All-Star for six consecutive seasons, two-time All-NBA first team, three-time All-NBA second team, two-time All-NBA third team, two-time NBA scoring champion, NBA most improved player, um, and Mr. Basketball USA in 1997. He's also won a gold medal. Um, I mean, he's done it all, uh, and he was drafted straight out of high school, which is crazy. Also, fun fact, he's cousins with Vince Carter. Did you know that? Wow. Isn't that crazy? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, again, I don't know how that Rockets team in 2004 didn't win with him and Yao Ming. Yeah, no, I agree. They, I don't remember how. They had to have made it pretty far. It's also crazy, so I'm now looking even more into Carl Malone. He did make it to the finals three times. Twice with the Jazz and then once uh, in his career with the Lakers, fell short all three times. Um, oh, wow. He kind of paired up. They were he's one of the like deadliest duos with John Stockton. Hmm. What wait, what year was this? Years that they went to the finals? Does it say? Um, they went to the finals in 1997, 1998, and 2004. So they were going against the Bulls in <laughs> yeah. their prime. And then 2004 was the year the Pistons pulled the upset and beat the Lakers in the finals. <laughs> I remember well, there that. You go. Yeah, there we go. I don't have all the stats for this one, but Charles Barkley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he went to the playoffs for six times in eight years and never won. Oh, wow. And it was during the the Bulls. It was like the pre Well, he had the Lakers dynasty. and he had the Lakers and then right into yeah. the Bulls. Yeah. I feel like that era there was a lot of players that were really good that just didn't win a ring because they couldn't get past the Bulls. <laughs> well, I mean that yeah. and what's crazy about that era is how loyal. Like those teams those players yeah. got yeah. drafted to that team and they stayed on that team. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a dying like, breed nowadays. Right. And yeah. it's crazy. But I mean, 
and now it's I unfortunately it's kind of run more of like a business. Like yeah, yeah. Um, like a lot of those players, like if you look at Andre Drummond, uh, right. he said that he was very loyal to like the Pistons and they shipped him off. But um, it's crazy. I don't. It'd be interesting to see. Like obviously those guys are saying, oh. Uh, I'd stay on my team, but it'd be interesting to see if some of those guys would have chased a championship uh, if, like, it was the regular trying to get, like, a big duo or a, a big like a three. super team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy, like, I mean, this changing sports a little bit. Tom Brady, I'm pretty sure at some point in time he was taking, like, a pay cut to keep his team. So I was watching uh, Jacoby and... Jalen and Jacoby. Yeah, Jalen and yeah. Jacoby on ESPN. And he said that the biggest success in the Patriots comes down to three people. It comes down to Tom Brady, Bill Belichick. Can you guys guess who the third one is? No. No. His wife. Uh, because she makes she, money. She made so much. She actually makes more than Tom Brady. She's oh, the okay. number one supermodel like in the world at like one point. And she made more than Tom. So he was at like, if you think about it, why would you take like, like if you have something that's making more than you as an NFL quarterback is one of the best? Why wouldn't you take a pay cut? It's not like money is hurting at home. Well, yeah, yeah but there's an ego thing to it, and the fact he was able to like, there step is. Aside but would you rather? That. Yeah, I agree. The ego thing, yes, but like go down and people remember you for winning what six rings now, or going down as a quarterback that wanted more money and won hopefully one ring yeah oh, that yeah shows i'm definitely on board too. yeah and but that's what you see a lot uh, you'll be surprised i think mahomes might take the tom brady route right I, I hope so i mean that seems like he's like a good character well yeah. that i mean well that and he like his dad also played in, in like professional true so like it's not like he's done all this through like hard work and if you actually look at the stats and, and whatnot uh, I believe it was like if like one or two players hold over like a certain percentage of like your cap space, they haven't won a championship in like the last like twenty years. Wow, wow. I mean, that, wait, wait, is that true for basketball or not? No, no, no. I don't football. know about basketball. Okay. I know it is for football though. Basketball is probably different because, yeah, because one person can have such an impact. Um, but uh, I haven't really truly been following the NBA this year. What's going on with Golden State? They are tanking. Are they? Yeah. So. Well, that in their starting lineup has basically been out. Uh, Draymond, Clay, and Steph were all out for the first like third of the season. Uh, okay, that um, makes a lot of sense. So it was just D'Lo and a bunch of their like role players, which unfortunately and now they just got Andrew Wiggins in a trade, but they traded really? away. But they traded away uh, D'Lo. Okay, interesting. Angelo Russell. We'll see how that plays out to Minnesota. And then a lot. Of, the craziest part is, is dude, if they're so low, they're missing. Literally, they're gonna miss one piece. It's gonna be a center, and oh, like if they get yeah. like a top three pick, if somehow they're right. able to get if they're able to get Wiseman right from Memphis, I mean, dude, they're gonna yeah. be oh, yeah. yeah, easy. Well, I never really, I was never a Golden Golden State hater. I I liked them only because originally, at least, they created their super team through draft picks and through trades, and they didn't have some big free agent come. Up until the point where they got Kevin Durant, I agree. Obviously. So, like when it was the big three, and it was it was Steph, Clay, and Draymond. You can't give. They drafted those three players, right? Right. Like if all these other please, like people went together. That's called like what you're supposed to do. Trent, you're giving us a funny look over here. You not agree? No, I just I'm not a fan of the NBA. I mean, I get it, <laughs> okay. but like, yeah, this is was one of the biggest things that like they weren't like Miami, who they all went to like. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. One team. Exactly. Which is why I kind of was a fan of them, especially yeah. because LeBron was trying so hard to create a super team to right. beat them and he couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, he did, I guess, once. And then they kind of ruined it when they got Kevin Durant, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, that was kind of a tangent. Um, but yeah, our go to the week, best player to not win a ring in the NBA. Tell us your thoughts again. We can debate it in person. Um, but that brings us to questions from the fans. All right. We only got a few today. And I might drop some new ones that I haven't talked to you guys about. All right. All right. So, first one. What is your favorite phrase? Like, is there? do you have, like, a go-to hmm. phrase that you say all the time? I think we also have Probably. talked about this on the show. And I'm just, maybe we're just getting the same questions over and over again. But we're going <laughs> to talk about it again. Um, That's the thing is, like, Nobody realizes the phrases they say over and over again until it's pointed out to them. Yep, that's very true. So I'm sure that I repeat things over that I don't know. <laughs> it, you like should I don't you realize. should ask your team. Like, oh, I'm sure have, they could. You yeah. should. I know what mine really is. Ask. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know about phrase, but like my motto, I guess. I think we did motto. Did we? Maybe that was it. Because mine's work hard, play hard. So like. Anytime that like you earn like, and this kind of goes into what like how you like coach yours, mm-hmm. um, that like well a little bit. I like your motto of like when they stand on like the platform like before they're gonna swim, it's they should be able to swim with ease, knowing that they've worked harder than any single person in that pool or yeah. that they're lined up against. Um, so like, I guess mine's the kind of like the same way is that like. I want you to be able to work hard so you can enjoy like your round that there's like you get a swing free you get a sw- right, like right. that type of deal that as long as you work your butt off it should come easy it should be enjoyable and so like that's kind of that work hard play hard mentality of you get your work done in the school on the golf course and then that's when we work about worry about our other things yeah, yeah. that is good yeah I, I I don't again I just don't even think I can answer this <laughs> question I don't know um I have two. One I've just been saying a, a lot recently and one I've say all the time no matter what. My first one that I say all the time no matter what, ipso facto <laughs> from dodgeball. But that's I a good it, one. And it like makes sense. Like I could use it so like often. It's just I that's like my go to thing. Now like I'm thinking movie it. quotes. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna start ipso inserting facto. that back into my lineup. Yeah. Um, it's a great word. And you know what's funny? I feel like if you could say, you'll say that in a conversation. You could probably say that in a very serious setting. Oh yeah. And no, everyone would kind you of might. think it like, <laughs> what? What did he just say? <laughs> and then they wouldn't. But say But like, anything. it makes sense. Like you could get that word to make sense or phrase. Yeah, I don't even yeah. know if it's one word. I, I don't know. Right. Um, but another one I've been saying is who in their right mind, which <laughs> I don't even know where I got that from. Yeah. But I've been saying that a lot recently too. I I noticed it in myself. Like I've been saying it too often. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. Um, and this wasn't mine. I'm going to use one of my friends. At one point in time, he loved the phrase without question so much that he decided to, re- anytime he was going to say yes, he replaced that with without question. <laughs> so, like, oh, you doing this? He's like, oh, yeah, without question. <laughs> Always. That was great. And then a lot of people started using that and got overused and then killed. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I need to. Insert ipso facto yeah, into my it's a good one. repertoire. I recommend um, this one. I didn't. I didn't ask this guys this one before. Um, what do uh, What do you think your strongest coaching quality is? And we mm. talked about like things you want to work on in an earlier Mine's show. Passion, like I. I mean, and it's good and bad. Like it's got it's definitely a double edged sword uh, because sometimes. I I wouldn't necessarily say I like I feel like I want it more than my players because I haven't gotten to that fact yet. Um, but like, 
I'm definitely like as emotionally like connected to like each one of the rounds and like wh- I, my expectations are like set high. So like having that passion of knowing how good that they can do um, is probably one of my coaching qualities. Yeah, this one's tough to think about. Um, I would, I mean, these are real tough questions oh, to throw out, but um, I would say, I want to say the word empathy, but it's not quite empathy in like a traditional sense. It's more like um, I've, I'm able to put myself in their shoes because I've been there mm-hmm. um, and I understand, like, I use the knowledge, I use the mileage that I put, that I put myself through to then adjust what I put them through based on that. Yeah. And I think that's a unique skill set um, just from where I came from. Um, whereas, like, be, and I think, that again, that kind of has to do with me being not too far removed from that. Um, whereas, like, some older coaches that have been coaching for 20, 30 years, it's been so long since they've been in mm-hmm. that yeah. student-athlete role that they kind of forget what it feels like. Um you know, my swimmers may not necessarily agree with me on that because it might <laughs> feel like I'm just putting them through some crazy things, but <laughs> trust me, it's all calculated. Yep. All right. Uh, last one. This one's a really funny question. If you had the power to shrink any one object and carry it with you in your pocket, what item would it be? All right. So before we get into this, are you allowed to shrink it and then like get it back to full size yeah, when you get someone? I think that's the point. Like anytime you want to just put it in your pocket, you could put it in your pocket <laughs> and then pull it out and it'd be perfect. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> there could be a lot of things. Um, the first thing I thought of would be a refrigerator, but I think I would change that call. to I would change that to like a cooler, like a Yeti cooler. Okay, uh, but why wouldn't you just do a refrigerator at that point? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess because you're right. no, yeah. because maybe like. If you're going somewhere that d- doesn't have any electric, okay, yeah, right? Yeah, true. yeah. It's okay. better. It's better for like the That's social fair. setting because I'm not just gonna bust out a refrigerator <laughs> like if I'm at like a picnic. Well, I guess that would be fine. That'd be but great. You wouldn't have anywhere to plug it in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the true. cooler makes sense. The All right. cooler, yeah. Really good call. High end cooler. Good call. Uh, mine save on those travel costs. Suitcase. Oh yeah. You can just throw your Brilliant. whole suitcase wow. in your pocket. Brilliant. Wouldn't have to worry that about any genius. bags or anything like that. You imagine your golf clubs in one bag and your suitcase in like the other. <laughs> like you could just walk through security. Mm-hmm. And you imagine putting the, your bags into like the, <laughs> the little uh, the, like yeah, in your shoe. The security like the check. <laughs> what about this one? Here's a, here's one that's gonna blow your mind. Your car. You don't have to park it anywhere. You just get out of it, Whoa. drink it, put it in your pocket, walk That'd be in. Sweet. Wow. Get out, boom. Game changer. Yeah. You could part. You could pull right up to the door. Exactly. You wouldn't even have to walk. I think that's going to be my answer, actually. Wow, that is yeah. a good one. Door, I did not car is good. As soon as I thought of it, I was like, they're not going to be on point with me at first, and then they're <laughs> going to realize after I said you yeah. wanted to park your car. Yep. Mine's I, the first thing that came to mind, and it's not as exciting <laughs> as yours, was just like a bottle of water. What? <laughs> Like I, I drink a lot of water, and I feel yeah, like but that's not a, that. Like I know, I know. <laughs> There's water fountains for that. Like you can <laughs> and just. I feel wait. like you could put a bottle of water, water in your pocket right now. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Much. yeah. That's that was like a. It's late. I'll give you that. Yeah. Early. What? Cut that out. <laughs> Recording Tuesday morning. But yeah, I don't know. Those. I mean. Yeah. Good the question. car. The car is probably definitely a good one. Um, but if you have any more questions, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you could uh, shoot us a DM at Loris Podcast on Twitter. 
All right, so before we get into the dad joke of the week, I just wanted to have this one little special segment where we actually have Trent try a Reese's Ooh. stick. Well, yeah, that, and we also we got to make sure we get into Trent's hey, well, movie he um, hasn't seen. While oh, I'm yeah. eating these Reese's sticks, which is Cole's favorite candy, you guys list Boris off Gump. your movie. <laughs> you know I haven't seen that yet. I know, I just wanted there. everybody to hear that you haven't seen Forrest Gump. That is shocking. I think out and of all the movies that like people find out I haven't seen, that is the most shocking one that people are like, what, you it, haven't seen Forrest it, Gump? It's a good film. It's long, but it's a good film. <laughs> Trent is eating the Reese's <laughs> stick right now. You can hear the, the crunch. Wow. And the, okay, the reason we are having him try this is because I think one of the very first episodes we debated best candies, and uh, Cole said Reese's stick was his favorite, and and Trent had never tried one, and it took us like twenty weeks later <laughs> to actually uh, get him to try one. So we're having him try one on air. It's good. And but yeah, what's the difference between this and those bars? Like those nutter, but isn't a nutter butter bar? I don't know. So the yeah, it is, but like these are a little bit more crisp because I do like this is a good fallback, crisp and like more of a dude. The peanut butter <laughs> and like the chocolate taste are just more like I don't know, like fused together, dude. Because if we were to have one side by side, you <laughs> would agree makes with me. Absolutely no sense. Oh, no, we're I, gonna have one side by side now. Yeah, we're, we're gonna do it. Be- but is and that is it called a nutter butter? Is that what it's called? I know. Uh, no, it's not nutter butter because that's like the that's a peanut butter yeah. cookie. It's one. uh, I don't know what it is. It's it's different. This so is more your, wafer-like as yeah. well. So what's your movie for? Yeah, so mine and this I already know. Trent, you're going to be 0 for 2 today. Um, but if you're an actual cultured moviegoer, you should have seen the movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. What? It's an old uh, foreign movie, but it was like the original. It was like The Matrix before The Matrix. Um, and it had all... It was like a karate movie from way back, and it had like these crazy special effects. People were like flying through the air and kicking each other. Um, so it was like the pre-Matrix Matrix, really? and it, it was like groundbreaking for a lot of different things. So something you should at least Google and watch some clips of and be What's like, wow, this again? is pretty crazy. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> I remember watching this as a kid, just being like amazed <laughs> at this. I have to watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. what you, you know what watch, movie I dude? do want to watch after... Sunday's uh, Oscars. What is it? The Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Parasite. Parasite. Yeah, like Parasite I'm, or Ford and Ferrari. Yeah, it's Nutty too. Bars. And it's yeah, Nutty that, bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we found that. Which they're the same. Oh, thing, dude, basically. these are no two totally different things. They're the exact same. Oh thing. no, I bet not. you the Reese's one has a little bit more chocolate on it. Definitely. Yes. I don't know. This, it. It's more. This peanut is butter better. Tasting. This is yeah. better. It's more condensed. Yeah. It's nice. Got, it's yeah. I'm with Cole on this one. Overall, still not the best game in the world. Though. I don't know, dude. It's pretty I'm, good. We're all over the place right now. Right, but I yeah. do <laughs> want to see Parasite or Ford, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, those were both. They got a lot of awards. Um, but all right. That brings us to Dad Joke of the Week to wrap up this week's episode. <laughs> so what happened to the grape when it got stepped on? It let out a little wine. <laughs> oh, my. I've heard that one. Uh, all, right. all right. Not bad. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I had a dad joke that was at home the oh, other day. Yeah. <laughs> so listen to this. this was so something else. Uh, my girlfriend Brittany was like looking for her phone. She said, "Hey, will you call my phone?" So I said, "Brittany's phone. Where you at?" <laughs> <laughs> and I w- was listening. I said, "Oh my god!" And Brittany goes, "What?" 
I was like, you did not realize what <laughs> you just did? Called your, and then she goes, oh, that I didn't even get it. <laughs> that one is good. Yeah. I like that. Because that's like those an actual are, that dad. Is a, those are like dad. A dad when they that. come out of nowhere, yeah. they're like, wow. I, wow, I could was, definitely see a dad doing that. Yeah, that is very true. One quick thing before we wrap things up. One month from today is Duhok Day on March 11th. Um, we want you to celebrate, unite, and support Loris College. Uh, visit loris.edu slash Day for any other information. Um, there's events nationwide in uh, some big cities with uh, alumni. Um, and then there's a ton of events on campus. Uh, so go to loris.edu slash Day for the full schedule. All right. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Yeah. Thanks for listening in. Catch you next week.